Rosin, Rosin. Available now in the comedy album section of iTunes and on AllisonRosen.com. A special episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend, live from the LA Podcast Festival with guests Greg Proops and Doug Benson. They give you the, they give you the receipt, they give you the receipt, a couple of dollars, two yeah. dimes, a like nickel, and a penny, give you and they change. shove it all at you like you're just supposed to take all that different right. information. Stick it in your wallet. Pouch. What's their question? This goes in my garbage wallet pocket immediately. <laughs> Thanks, thank you for giving me garbage wallet pocket stuff. <laughs> Could you throw it overhand at me and I could try to catch it with my garbage wallet pocket? <laughs> and if you had ever seen my old wallet, it was I had to embrace whatever the next thing was because I feel bad that I shit I on this segment. Now. The question is, do you also hate when this happens? Yeah, because you get too many things at once. It's <laughs> like being given a big yeah. basket of stuff or whatever. Like, I'm not ready for it all now. Yeah, it's like you're in porn and suddenly there's four dicks. What are you going to do with right. that? Right, right. It's like money bukkake. <laughs> and a receipt. Money bukkake? Did you really just say that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Subscribe to Allison Rosen as your new best friend on iTunes or go to AllisonRosen.com. Only from Corolla Digital. Allison's your new best friend. This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little garbanzo beans. It's me, Allison. Before the show officially starts, a few words. This episode is brought to you by the new Squarespace. Squarespace.com introduces a new content management system, making it faster and easier to create a high-quality website, blog, or online portfolio. With professional designs and website templates optimized for any size smartphone, tablet, or computer. For a free trial and 10% off new accounts, go to squarespace.com forward slash best friend and use offer code bestfriend12. All right. Gary, I believe we have an iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right. Our iTunes comment of the week this week comes from Marisant1. I definitely butchered that, so sorry about that. And it is titled, Allison is a great friend. I think it might be Marissa NT1. Or maybe not. Marissa NP1, correct. That could be, that's possible. Uh, I was trying to make it Mary Snap, but that doesn't work. We can call her Mary Snap. All right. Mary Snap says, Allison <laughs> is a great friend. True. I work pretty much alone all day, every day. So I started listening to the ACS, and as soon as I heard Allison, I knew she was a very smart and lovely person. So I decided to subscribe to, subscribe to her show. I am glad I did. I love her show so much. She is just always herself, doesn't give you anything but who she really is. She's sweet, funny, raunchy at times, on ACS mostly, which is awesome. But she is still always her awesome girly self. I love you. Please don't take that as an insult. I don't. I don't have many friends because they all decided to become parents but still go clubbing every night. So we don't. Ha- so we have nothing in common anymore. But with ARIYNBF, I have two new BFFs in Allison and Gary. Thanks, guys, for your company at work and on my runs. Well, thanks, Marisnap. <laughs> now, Gary, read the headline from the comment below it. We don't have that whole comment, but the headline makes me laugh. Uh, the headline from the comment <laughs> that I did not see until just now says, She speaks from the fart. <laughs> it's true. 
All right. Oh, and I also th- I think we also have an email, yes? Yes. And now we- I'd asked people if you're going to buy something uh, through the Amazon banner on my website, which you should if you're going to buy something on Amazon because it helps the show. It doesn't cost you anything extra. I said, email us and tell us what you buy, and then we'll read your email. So we, we, we received one. We did. It is from uh, Sam Harvey, uh, who says, Good day, mates. I hope... <laughs> Wow, Gary. That's what it says. I didn't know. That's what it says. I mean, I know, but I didn't know. Go ahead. I hope Allison and Gary have had a delicious Thanksgiving. (laughs) I thought I would disclose the purchases I made on Amazon through the link on your website, though it was a couple of months ago. Yay. I bought the book, Gangs of New York, and its sequel, All Around the Town, by Herbert Asbury. And the CD, Psycho Realm, presents Sick Jackin and Cynic in Terror Tapes 2. I was reluctant to write of these purchases, being Australian and the items being outlaw-themed. I wanted to buy the L.A. PodFest episode, but for the life of me, I can't find it. Is it only in the U.S. iTunes store? Oh, lamentation. I may have been born an Australian, but I hope one day to become an Australian-American. I would like to write a special thanks for the Paul F. Tompkins Part 2 episode. I took away uh, helpful relationship advice from it, and it helped me break a bad mood I was in. It also turned me on to the thrilling adventure hour. You are truly part of the vanguard of modern expression. It is an exciting time to be alive. Thank you, Allison and Gary, for your hard work. May the heavens shower upon you good fortune and vitality. Long live the Republic of the United States of America. Sam Harvey, arse end of the world. Sam Harvey, you have an excellent grasp of the language. The language. I think we all know what I'm talking about. And thank you for buying that stuff and for telling us about it. And I believe that the uh, PodFest episode that you refer to is available in the Australian iTunes store, I think. Gary, did, did we're in the process of trying to find out for sure for you. We're looking into it. I've yet to get an answer back, but uh, if we find out before we're done recording this topper, I'll definitely let you know. But uh, yeah, this email was sent a few days before it was live anywhere. So right. um, if you are in Australia and couldn't find it, please do go check again because we believe it should be. And if you're be. here yeah. or anywhere. Anywhere you are. Anywhere. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and uh, for people here, it is $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. It's a special bonus episode live from LA PodFest with Doug Benson and Gray Proops, and I think that I can go as far as to say it is um, delightful. So go check that out. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. Delightful Thanks. is a good adjective. Thank you. I need, I need to swallow. Hang it's on. also it's extensive. I would say it is is longer than any episode. Close, is that true? Close to longer than any episode. It, it's definitely in the really you three a, longest for sure. I wasn't aware. It yeah. felt interminable. Yeah, you get and and you know it's uh, there's no topper on this one. It's just just yes. straight into the show. There's it's, none of this. There's yeah. none of all so if, this good stuff. So, so if, if you, you hate this stuff, if you fast forward through <laughs> this, then, then uh, they're not going to hear you saying that. Oh snap! Host hoisted on my own petard. Yeah, that's right. Snap has gotten a lot of action in this Mara snap snap. It's a lot of those things. I should have called them snap peas at the beginning. Oh, look at that. Okay. <laughs> The new Squarespace. Now Squarespace.com is faster and easier than ever to create a high-quality website, blog, or online portfolio. Squarespace is a unified service for giving you everything you need to create and maintain a professional-looking website from domains, design, development, hosting, and support. So Squarespace is a content management system that you guys need if you're trying to design anything that looks good. You know, anything like a website or blog or portfolio. Because it is so easy to use it. Thinks of everything for you. You can drag and drop, not drag and drop, drag and drop. That's what I'm saying. Someone thought I was saying dragon. No. Um, and if you ever wait, someone thought you were referencing mythological creatures. Yeah. Oh wow. Huh. Mm-hmm. I know. 
Um, but I wasn't. I was saying you can drag and drop when you're designing your site, and that is is so great because if you have ever tried to put together a website in the old days when you had to code, I mean, maybe you're into that, but it's hard. Uh, at least for someone like me, I found it to be very difficult. And Squarespace is optimized for mobile devices, so uh, the design templates are mobile responsive, which means that the site automatically restructures to look good on whatever someone is looking at it on. And, Gary? Right. So that's one of my favorite features about Squarespace is that you build one website yourself using the drag and drop, or if you want, they do have options so you can go into the back end and code yourself and make it more specific to your desires. But yes. even if you just use the drag and drop, when somebody goes to your site on an iPad or an iPhone or a Galaxy Note tablet or a computer, it's going to look different on each one of those and it's going to be optimized so that it looks the best on each of those devices, which I may just be a snob, but when I go to a website and it doesn't optimize for my iPhone, a lot of times I'll just give up. You and throw wait your I... iPhone out the door? Well, I don't throw it because I'm not exactly that um, psychotic or wealthy to be able to afford yeah. a new phone, but, uh, but it's really, it can be annoying. So uh, that's a great feature. And like I said, you can go, uh, it, it's all built on like a cloud architecture. So it's really secure and, uh, and stable and you can go into it and tinker around in the back end If you're more of a nerd like me and, and uh, right. I didn't mean to suggest no. it's only for novices. No, if you're a nerd, you can, uh, you can go for... in there and, and really, or, or if you're just a power user. Uh, and you don't like the pejorative. Um, you can uh, you can go in there and tinker around with it yourself. It's got all the latest technologies. You know, HTML fives right there, JavaScript, CSS three, JSON. Yeah. It's all it's all there. All the stuff that you would get on um, you know some of the more bare bones services, but with the added features uh, to make it easy for a novice yeah. user. So use Squarespace for all your website needs. Build it, host it, and update it anytime for a free all inclusive trial. Go to squarespace.com, sign up for a free account. No credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. Then if you decide to purchase it, use offer code BESTFRIEND12 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. That means 10% off the first month or 10% off one year, which is an even better deal. That's squarespace.com forward slash BESTFRIEND and use offer code BESTFRIEND12. I also want to tell you guys about scorebig.com. Um, you know how when you, let's say there's a big game or an event or a musical that you want to go to and you try to buy tickets and they tell you it's sold out and you think, you are just lying to me. You are flat out lying to me. I know there's seats available. Don't give me this sold out BS. Well, Scorebig knows what you're saying. Uh, because the truth is that even when something is sold out, there are always seats available last minute. There's you know, for whatever reason, there are some seats and they can give you access to those seats. It's like Priceline for events in that you tell them how much you're willing to pay and then they tell you if they can do that or not. And you never pay more. Like you enter how much you can pay and either you can get the tickets at that price or not, but they don't put on extra fees. There's no upcharges or service fees or other things that, you know, other websites where you might go to get tickets would tack on. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's you know, if you say I can afford fifty bucks a ticket, then and you want to, you're out the door for a hundred with delivery and everything. If they can do it, they do it. If they can't, they can't. But it's it, you said earlier that uh, you mentioned last minute, but I just want to let everyone know it's also you know in advance. If you know that you know some some band just got announced, you can go check Score Big. They're constantly updating you know to the second. So when they find tickets that they can make this deal with, they will update the website. And uh, it's really, yes. it's really cool. You Thank always, you. you always pay more than 10%. You always get at least 10% off. And, you know, if you're a little bit more patient and, you know, if maybe your event isn't as popular, you can get, you know, 50, 60% off. It's, it's a really sweet service. And uh, they, 
they have uh, looked at their competitors and um, found ways to make themselves attractive. The uh, the no fees thing uh, and no shipping for, for tickets and stuff like that is probably very attractive to somebody who's used some of the other services. Right. Go to scorebig.com and enter the code FRIEND at checkout and get an extra $15 off scorebig.com's already low prices for your first order. Tickets on scorebig.com are always below box office price guaranteed. Don't forget to enter FRIEND at checkout and get an extra $15 off scorebig.com's already low prices for your first order. I'm going to interrupt the um, sponsor attention for a minute to tell you guys, I think I'm getting a zit on my chin. And I keep playing with it, and I'm probably making it worse. And I can't tell if it is actually um, a zit or it might be like, you know, sometimes, ladies, you get a hair on your face that you don't want, and you think, "Uh uh-oh, I'm turning into a man. Or maybe that's just me. Okay. Anyway. But I really need to tell you guys about Go to Meeting. We love – and Adam loves them, but I love them as well. Um, I just – I love – I didn't say more. I want to say more. Would that put me in hot water if I say I love them more than he does? Or or are you saying that I love them more than I love Adam? Because both are true. Yeah. I don't think that's going to get you in hot water. I think that you're speaking from the heart. That's right. Thank you, Gary. Anyway, uh, go to meeting from Citrix. It's the holidays. You don't want to have to drag your buns into the office. Maybe you've been drinking eggnog. Maybe you're making Christmas cookies. Maybe you're trimming a tree and you have tinsel all over yourself and you don't have time to detinsel and get into the office or maybe you're making a snow angel and you live in a snowy climb anyway you have to have meetings because that's what business is based on but you don't want to have to go into wherever you want to just be able to meet face to face from wherever you are and that is what GoToMeeting does for you. You can meet on the computer. You can do it on an iPad. You can actually host a meeting from your iPad. You see each other, HD, crystal clear. You hear each other. You can collaborate on documents. You can give other people control of your screen. Um, it's just great. It really makes you think, why the hell did I ever go into the office in the old days? Because I can just meet this way. It's simple. It's the future. And it works. And it doesn't break. Um, uh, Gary, do you... Do you do you, do you need yes. to agree? Yes, I do. I'm very sorry. I go to meeting is just so easy to use. The iPad feature is really cool. I had to do a meeting with you recently. And got I just, to. You got to. Yes, got to. <laughs> well, I was told that I had to because I was a bit phlegmy at the time, which we have since <laughs> You were. I was we calling you typhoid learned. Gary. Yes. We have since learned that is a big problem for you. I was not so aware. But yeah. uh, You know what? I later worried I was, I was going to come down with what I refer to as the Gary. That's. I'm sure you want to hear that. What a fear. (laughs) Well, it was going around, but to me, you're the one who gave it to everyone. So I didn't want to get close to you. I wanted to just meet over the. I'm the index patient. Yeah. Uh, Well, anyways, I we we got to do a meeting as a result of my ailment, and uh, I started up from the iPad just because that was a new feature, and I wanted to see how it worked. Mm -hmm. And it's so slick. I mean, you can still share your screen. You can share PDFs or images and stuff, and it's it's very intuitive. Um, So it really. For, for a business user, it very well could replace your laptop and uh, become a way to just travel with your iPad. And, uh, you know, like we've said before, I know we're, we're beating this horse, but it's built for business and the thing does not break down. Yeah. It's just it's a workhorse. Every time we've tried to use it, it's worked flawlessly. And afterwards, when you go back to just emailing people, you feel lonely if you're kind of lame, such as me. Anyway, uh, try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code ALLISON. Be sure to use the promo code ALLISON. Go to meeting. Meeting is believing. 
Allison, because I'm Allison. I'm sure that that's obvious, but I just want to drive that point home in case you're like, who, who is this angelic voice that I'm listening to? It's me, Allison. Um, you know, and and as I've said before, that these these companies, when there's a promo code, uh, not only does it get you a special deal, but they will look to see who who arrived there from uh, that specific uh, code, and so it helps the show. And you want to do that, right? Maybe. Do you? Uh, Okay. So Eli Braden is the guest on this episode. He's hilarious and he's open and he's honest and he's all those things that we want. And this is a special two-part episode. Here's part one. Please love it. Please enjoy it. Enjoy it and love it. And uh, don't forget to get the special PodFest episode for $1.99 in the iTunes store. It's there now. You should go get it because if you had any idea, any idea what Gary and I'm like the person who's like, I was in labor with you for 36 hours. Gary and I have been in labor with this PodFest. It has for affected 30, oh, like almost, a, has it been more than a month? Almost a month? Yeah. Okay. Halloween! Is when we uploaded this mofo. <laughs> it has affected everyone in the Corolla digital world because I've been so pissed off at certain days that yeah. I just stomp around here like an asshole not talking to anybody. It, right. It has so been an odyssey. Do it for Gary. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's been awful. It's been an awful seat. Yes. So okay. go get that snap. and enjoy it. Again with the snap. <laughs> this has been a really long bit of talking before the show. Um, you're welcome, you guys. I love you. Here's the episode. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it's me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today is Eli Braden, comedian, musician, writer, guy who's sex hilarious, god. sex god, guy who's hilarious on Twitter. Oh, thank That's you. actually, I think, how well, we were just talking before the show started that we um, have some friends in common, and I, maybe that's what made me aware of you, but really I, I uh, became sort of. Uh, a fan, I guess, is the word, just I from like Twitter. That. In fact, today I was thinking my perhaps my favorite tweet of yours is, shall I compare thee to a summer's eve dash Shakespeare calling someone a douche? Oh, wow. Thank you. Well, I love that. Word for word. Look at you. I know. Man. Do you have a favorite tweet of yours? Um, uh, it's at Allison Rosen. Do you have a boyfriend? That I like that one. That, as well. I'm going to send that one later tonight. Okay. Wow, well, it was like foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, I do. I know. But that doesn't really. But I mean, do you, <laughs> doesn't wait, count. At Eli Braden, do you have a wife and kids? Um, at Allison Rosen, I have kids. I'm getting divorced. <laughs> yes. D, let's take this to DM. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not following you though. <laughs> oh. I mean, I am actually. So wait, you you really are? I really am. Yeah. Wow. What a that was a quirky way to get into that. <laughs> well, you know, tragedy plus. A tiny bit of time equals comedy. So. Right. Yeah, what's going on? Well, um, we're getting divorced, but we're staying together for now for uh, financial reasons mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, uh, reapplying for a uh, – uh, refinancing a house. So if if Wells Fargo Bank's listening, 
<laughs> oh, they're, no, they kidding. are they are huge fans of my podcast. Well, <laughs> well, we are still <laughs> oh, married. All the so. banks. <laughs> all the banks, all the finance companies, a few loan sharks probably, yeah, credit yeah. unions, <laughs> any sort of They listen collectively. They, yeah. Yeah. No, we're getting divorced, but uh, I mean, we are, for all practical purposes, separated. So, mm-hmm. uh, ladies, here I am. <laughs> Rock me like a hurt. How long had you been married? Um, about nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have two lovely kids. How old are your kids? Five and four. Uh, Everybody boys. says their kids are lovely. I have a five-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. You know what everyone says? I was just thinking about this recently, too. I was thinking that I, you hear a lot of people being like, oh, man, he's such a cool kid if it's a son. Yeah. People describe their kids as cool. Like, there's no one else in the world. It's just such a cool little person. There's no one else in the world I'd rather spend time with. It's weird. I just, all I want to do is spend time with them. It's a cool little I kid. I don't buy that. You don't I think don't. your kids are cool? No, I don't buy that. That there's no one else in the world you'd rather spend time with than your right. kids. I mean, I love spending time with my kids, but up to a certain point, let's mm-hmm. get real, you know. Right, and what is that point when they're just, uh, <laughs> when they're just being all immature and yeah? I mean, just it's and... it's just at a certain point you need some human you need some adult interaction, and uh, you're suggesting your children are not human because that's where that's I, going. That was a Freudian slip. Yes, my, my children <laughs> are not human. <laughs> I'm sorry, and you said uh, son, daughter. Yeah, five year old girl, four year old boy. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing is. I could still have more kids in my future. Ex-wifey, I think it's all done for her. Well, so, at sorry. least you guys are on great terms, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm definitely not picking up any Yeah, weirdness. I'm holding that over her head. I can still have kids. But do you guys still live, you we live do. together it's, it's all good. I'm, I'm being facetious. I yeah, know. It's, it's, it's uh, mutual, amicable, and uh, uh, the right thing to do. That's great because yeah. usually uh, divor- or often divorces are sort of like War of the Roses, I think. Right, yeah. I mean I think at first it seemed like it was going to be a hippie dream and then there was some – it was a little rougher mm-hmm. uh, than I maybe anticipated for me emotionally to handle some stuff. Um, but I think we're getting through it. I think it's going to be all good. I, I mean really at the end of the day, it's all about – the kids for us at this point because we share these kids together Mm -hmm. and uh you know we want to make sure that it's cool for them i used to i used to really strongly believe that parents should stay together for the kids and like i actually had a big argument with a friend of mine whose parents had gotten divorced and i was like i just think you know once you have kids you should stay together even if you're messing around outside the marriage you guys you know it's it's and he was like, I got to disagree with you man and my parents got divorced it was great i how old was he when they got divorced um Probably about nine or ten, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, yeah, they just – they got divorced. They were much happier then. They were both great parents. They were – they remained to this day good friends. It was all good. And I was like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> um, so now I have to prove myself. Moving forward, I have to prove myself wrong, yeah. I guess, in that argument. Well, how are your kids handling it so far? They, <laughs> they don't even know. Oh. They really don't even know. So they're probably handling it They're handling it great, it great. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to wait until they reach high school to tell them. Uh, were are your parents together? Uh, my parents stayed together. Yeah, they're still together. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's parents stayed together too. So I kind of, I think we both kind of had that as our model. You yeah, know, of like that's, um, that's what you should do. Um, now, my parents got together when they were like eighteen, though. I mean, I was a mistake, and uh, somehow they were like, a miracle. A miracle. Yeah, I was. A, I was a miracle. <laughs> ill-timed yes. miracle. An ill-timed miracle that. <laughs> <laughs> that led to them dropping everything they were doing as teenagers mm-hmm. and uh, starting a family. Do they resent you for that, do you think? I think they should, but they <laughs> never gave me an idea that they did. So Good. And do and do they get along well? Because my parents are together, and I think that's, you know, obviously for them it's right, but they fought a lot when I was growing up. Yeah, my family, it was the same deal. Like they, in fact, that, that's the weird thing is that my, 
my even though I'm I feel like there was a certain stability in me that my parents stayed together the the threat of them getting divorced was like my biggest fear and yeah. they fought a lot now they get along great it's mm-hmm. weird i mean like they made no, it, it through no it was your fault <laughs> it was uh they had two more kids though so they can't blame everything on me mm-hmm. but uh yeah so yeah now they get along yeah they get mine along great. too no, it's crazy do you have any ideas why that is um i think one of them surrendered to the other one eventually and just said <laughs> okay you win Oh, wow. It was a capitulation. Not mentioning any, any names, Dad. Mm. I think with my parents, it's – well, my dad mellowed out. That's what it is. You know, I think he – as they both got older and then now they're sort of – health. I think once the health stuff started happening, which yeah. just happens when you get older, that's Scary. when I – Yeah. And I think that's when I really realized, oh, there is an immense amount of tenderness between them. Right. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. If, like for my my dad turned fifty for like three years in a row in terms of having a midlife crisis, and I think I mean, he he didn't really do the thing where he said he was fifty three years in a row, but um, it was forty nine. Yeah, years in a row. right. No, he admitted it, but he just went through something insane and was really hard to be around for years. Um, and that's I think when the most and how old were you happened. when that happened? Um, I was about ten. I guess. Is uh-huh. that right? Yeah. So they started kind of late, later in life. My mom is young and my dad yeah. is old. My mom is 12. Well, oh, wow. Still. She's 12. No. Yeah. No. Um, They're 16 years apart. Wow. So and my dad is like 79. So, um, yeah. So my dad had been married before, though. And so he has two kids from that marriage, my brother's. Um, do you get along with them? I do. Yeah. They're 11. They're twins. They're 11 years older than I am. And um, I, I... I'm not – I don't – I feel like I don't know them as well as I know my younger sister who sure. is like – like we. I mean I would say we're inseparable except that we. she lives in New York. And, well, she, well, she's not here now so obviously she's not. Right. She's – um, yeah. Unless she was invisible but stuck to me because that would be weird. <laughs> inseparable. Yeah. So And you have two younger siblings. I do, yeah. Brothers, sisters? Two younger sisters, yeah. Do you get along with them? Um, yeah, we get along good. Um, I grew up in a really small town, Midwest, Southern Illinois. When you mm-hmm. say Illinois, people think Chicago. Oh, Chicago. No, 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 no. Southern Illinois is more like – it's. I mean it's basically adjacent to like Indiana and Kentucky. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's those people. What's the um, name of the town? Um, we actually moved around to several different towns. Uh, one called Salem, one called Highland. I was born in a town called Belleville, which is basically a far suburb of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know why we moved so much. I think my dad just, you know, they were very young and my dad would just travel from town to town with like, oh, this job pays a little better. Let's move. Did he have a vocation or was it just um, he, he was, was in the journeyman. He was in the paper industry, which okay. was it's, was kind of big in that area at like the time. paper or newspaper? Paper mills. Paper okay. mills. Like literally trees turning into to paper, which uh, he's actually still in it, in that industry. Um, but yeah, he would move around from, from town to town. And, and I literally never lived any – town for more than two years for the entire time I grew up until even in high school we even moved halfway through wow. high school and uh, I think that I, that that gave me like this thing where I'm really adaptable mm-hmm. but I also have a I also don't really value relationships and mm-hmm. I think that I honestly think as I'm examining my life at this point like that's partially to some degree why my I failed in a marriage was because I feel like I'd, I've never really valued close relationships. And I think Be, having kids helped because, with that a lot. Do you think it's because um, – well, instead of 
No, I was going to say instead of me telling you why it is, why don't I just ask you why do you think that is? But no, I'll tell you. Why you tell I me, and then I'll just say yes, be. whatever you say. Um, is it because it would be too painful to value the close friend relationships because you're just they're just going to be taken away from you? Maybe painful, but also or just futility. I, I, yeah, futility. It was just like I was so used to you know anytime I'd make friends. I would have to move and then I'd have to – and then I'd – and like mm. it was weird. Like my first two years of high school, I was a total nerd. I was just a loser. Get out. Total loser. And then I moved to the next town for my junior and senior year and, and th- I was a superstar there. Like I was on homecoming court and all this stuff. So wow. I had this weird See, that just makes me background. feel like I should have changed high schools. What, do I? <laughs> well, because well, I was, the, I was uh, not popular but – Perhaps at some other high school in some alternate universe or the next uh, town over. I don't know. I don't have it in me. I don't I'm just kidding. <laughs> For you, what, do you, what was it? Was it just chance or did you, well, did you become a tougher kid? I think I became a, t- I became a better person. I, I actually – I lost <laughs> a lot of weight over that summer, oh. which I've gained it all back. Oops. Um, working on it now though. Everybody post-divorce. A lot of time in the gym I found. Hmm. Um, that's the thing that happens. If you want to lose weight, get divorced. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just do you have to get married first? You do. Okay. You do. That's the divorce diet is not going to work for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being single at this time. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. But I'm you sorry. do have a boyfriend. I do. Oh, rats! <laughs> um, <laughs> You're gonna bite your fist now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I just found a, the high school I moved to. Like everybody just loved me there for some reason. And uh, did it make you happier? The in, the inner nerd in me is asking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Great. It feels good to be loved. Yeah, it really does, right? Well, Even that's why we're all in this industry. Yourself, I mean, I, that's, I think that's you, I think anybody you meet in the entertainment industry, it really comes down to like you're looking for some kind of approval or outside validation. love and validation. Yeah. Someone who was on this show recently said to me, you know, why are you looking for the validation? Because we were talking about how all of us are craving that if we're performing. She's like, well, why are you looking for it? And I'm like, I, it's... There's not any one thing I can point to. Yeah. But why do you – I mean for you, what what broke you? Um, I, well, I think it was part of like I, I, I valued more like I had a thing like oh, I want to be famous and loved by everybody rather than like having a real close friendship. Like, yeah. Like people – it's not that people are not important or people aren't valuable. It's just that it, it's more important that I please everybody. Quantity. Quantity over quality. And mm-hmm. uh, that just that, – that's why I immediately like got into music. And I basically got like was pursuing music straight out of high school. Right as soon as I got out of high school, I moved to California, started a band, got record deals, you know, and kind of kept doing this trajectory for quite a while. What were you playing in the bands, and what bands were you in? Um, I was in no bands that you've ever heard of, but I are you did... sure? Because I used to write about music. Well, I had a band called The Beggars, no. which you would never have heard of. This okay. was like the the mid '90s, and. Uh, we, you know, we had a record deal and we uh, like a major record deal and everything. We had an album, but it didn't what really label? go anywhere on Island Records, okay. which was a big deal at the time. Yeah. Island Def Jam, right? Yeah, yeah. Rick um, Rubin. Yeah, no? I think Dick, I, I don't think Rick Rubin and Def Jam was involved yet. This was more oh, okay. when it was like U2's label. And okay. uh, yeah, the uh, the guy who had started it had started it basically to release Bob Marley's records, hence the name Island. Gotcha. Um, but uh, it was a big deal, and uh, you know. That uh, I pursued that for a long time and to varying levels of success, but I never really got to that place mm-hmm. where, you know, I was rich and famous that I wanted to be. Did you tour? A little bit, yeah. And then and then I started I had started another band, and then we had a level of success too, but never really got there. And at what a certain was that point, band? Um, that band was called Fuse, and that was uh, this is all in San Francisco. Okay. 
And uh, at a certain point, this is maybe like five or six years ago, I was just like, you know what? Um, there's not a lot going on in the Bay Area. I think I need to go to L.A. and start trying to do some things that are maybe not so much like, hey, I'm going to be a rock star, but more mm-hmm. like I'm really talented. I could write songs for other people. I could – you know, there's a million things you can do in L.A. Yeah. connected to music. And that's kind of what I did for a while. And I still do that. Like I just – Sang a song for Ellen last week. They did. They had the Dancing with the Stars castoffs on, and they couldn't clear. They did a. They did a song from the uh, Hairspray musical, mm-hmm. and they couldn't clear the original recording because there's like a thousand people s- singing on it. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "Why don't you just come in and resing it?" I mean, I do things like that, you know, yeah. like freelance stuff. Because I, I mean, I, I'm a musically talented guy. Um, but I, uh, at a certain point, like just a few years ago, I started just doing comedy kind of as a lark. And all of a sudden I was like, this is really great. So the, before the like Fuse and Beggars was not humorous, right? No, no, just no. That up, was straight up like, like rock, just basic rock, rock. I mean, you know, like um, the, the, this last band, Fuse in particular, we were very much like early Radiohead, you know, like okay. uh, kind of like Muse, that kind mm-hmm. of sound, like a little bit vaguely British influenced rock, you know. <laughs> But, I know exactly uh, what you mean. Nothing special enough to really break through. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we had some good stuff, but it was not like – it wasn't there. You know? Right. Like it wasn't a, a huge – you know. I mean, I'm great, but I maybe – They maybe, were holding you back, maybe. I could not find the same caliber of people, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Yeah, it's tough. That's why you had to go solo. I had to go solo. And then solo. turn funny. Yeah, and get funny. And I just found I – did, I did like a couple things as a, as a lark in the comedy music vein, and I just – Found it. I'd always been a huge comedy nerd, especially like going back to Mr. Show was kind of my my moment of zen for mm-hmm. comedy. I was like, I mean, I'd always loved comedy, always a fan, but Mr. Show was just the funniest thing in the world to me. I just yeah. couldn't believe that there was something that funny being made. And then I discovered Tenacious D too, which was sort of in that the Mr. Show universe, mm-hmm. and that was kind of what gave me an idea. Like, oh wow, like they're they're really good musicians, and the songs are really good, but it's also hilarious, and it doesn't have to be like. I mean, so much comedy music is just idiotic. And yeah. even if it's funny, it's like one joke stretched over a four-minute song. And mm-hmm. It's like, we don't need this. And I mean, then you got Weird Al. He's like kind of the master of parodies. Was he someone that you were a fan of? Oh, yeah. I mean, I like Weird Al. I mean, it's a little clean for my taste, of course. But uh, I saw on your website that didn't – what did he say about you? Uh, Something positive. Weird, yeah, Weird Al. I put a quote up that Weird Al had DM'd me <laughs> once. Uh, he's a really sweet guy, by the way. Uh, he was like, you're one of the funniest people on Twitter. And I was like, I think I will just take I this I and DM'd put it on my website. I think I you the same thing one time. Did you? I think I like, just wanted you to know I think you're really funny or uh, something. What did I write back? Thanks. Probably. I think you, you said thanks. Do you have a boyfriend? Did I ask you if you had a boyfriend? No, I didn't. I, I didn't get then. any sort of. Yeah. As you <laughs> as you still are now. That's true. Of, That's true. Right. Yeah, you know, let's talk about. I, I just said, you know, but it came out. Yo. 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 I like that. That's we should start that. You know, just why apostrophe. Right. Oh. OK. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Let's talk about this, except I want to get back to the music and the comedy. But let's talk about the fact that you're currently technically married. Right. Yes. Yeah. Are you dating? Uh, I'm not because I just don't have – I'm not having time. I mean I'd be open to it. I just don't have time um, to like technically date. Because mm-hmm. you know? I'm just wondering how that would go because I think that there are probably women who would be like, wait a minute. But you're still living with your wife, or, you know? Yeah, that's why I'm not really too wor- – you know, there's a – I have a game plan as far as like moving out and everything. And uh, I mean – if if they want me that bad, they can They'll, let me stay at their house. That's right. Hey, baby, can I move in with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll start the whole thing over again. Yeah. Look out, ladies. Look out. 
Because I remember <laughs> there was this guy who took an interest in me. Now, I did. I was not interested in him, but he... I don't know if I knew this, that I wasn't yet. I think I did. But anyway, but we sort of became friends. And he explained that he lived with his wife, but it's totally cool with her. So I don't have to ever worry. See, that sounds... I don't have to ever worry if I call the house. You know, I don't have to feel weird. That and I was like, really I already suspicious. feel really weird. That's yeah. suspicious. They had a kid together. And I, what I never could really ascertain was whether... They were just friends, but living together for the kid, and because they got along well, or whether they were actually still hooking up. I I think he said they weren't. The whole thing just seemed weird. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't I didn't want a part of that. Yeah, that's that's a really nebulous thing, and I want to minimize this transition period as much as I can. That's why I'm not like out there like, hey, come on back to. Besides, I right. live way out in Pasadena anyway, so. Mm-hmm. I got to get me a Hollywood bachelor pad. I got to set right. it up, you know. I yeah. got to get the lava lamps, mm-hmm. the mood, the mood lighting, the, the bean smoke bag machines, chairs, the beanbag chairs, bead curtains, just because <laughs> they sound yeah. so great. The condom dispenser on yeah. the wall. Oh, black light posters. Black light posters of, those, of black people doing zodiac sex. Do they have those? Uh, yeah, it's like every position. You, have you ever seen those? It's like, no. It's like this super sexy animated black couple. Wow. <laughs> every zodiac sign, like. Doing some kind of like sex act that interprets it. Maybe I'm a maybe I fantasized about this and this isn't. Really, I, bet, I think no, I it's bet true. This exists. It's like a '70s thing. Yeah. I think. Somehow I missed that, but I'm gonna have to check that out. So you said that um, emotionally, it's been a bit harder than you expected. Can you go into that a bit? Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's off. That's what I hear from. About, I mean, that's kind of how divorce it usually is for people. I think. But having never been married myself, I, I only can guess at what it must be like. Well, I think like. you reach a point where you know where you both know that the marriage is not working, mm-hmm. and even once you've accepted that and and acknowledged that and decided made a decision, you uh, y- you know you still have moments where you're like, well, you know, maybe we should rethink this. You know, is it because it's. But, like the thing that gets to me is the idea of oh god having to ad- admit and I'm sorry I hope I'm not bumming you out but no, like no, the no, death no. of the dream like remembering yes. that at one point I thought this was the uh, the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with and oh wow I got I was wrong or yeah something, you yeah know? it's very much like it makes me very much like when I see other people like getting married or getting engaged I'm like. It's, you're going to go through the same shit. And the truth is they probably will. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even being cynical. It's just that's the way life works. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. You know, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. I mean, it's like people like, oh, I'm not going to have kids because it's just bring another fucking kid in this world. It's like, well, yeah, but that's just kind of what we do. It's we're wired for it. We're programmed to do it. And, you know, it's that's the whole life experience. And, uh, you know. If you're, you, what are you going to be in your deathbed? You're going to be like, I didn't bring any kids into this world. I didn't get married. I didn't do any of that shit. It's like, yeah. you're be proud of yourself. So <laughs> my life is so clean. Yeah, it's so clean. <laughs> it's a seamless, such a seamless transition into death. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, leave a big mess behind. See, you know? I think that my dad felt very much. I mean, he was pretty crushed by his divorce. I didn't know his him first yet. his first yeah. divorce. Yeah, he he, oh, wow. he has one divorce under his belt. Right. Um, yeah, and. I didn't know him yet because I wasn't born. But right, right. my understanding of it is that it was really, really hard on him. And he wanted to stay together for the kids and he just felt terrible. And, and I think really felt like in some way that he was a failure. And that I don't – I'm not sure I understand. I can relate to that too. What is And that? I think that's a dude thing maybe. And I think it's just – you know, cause for me it really is a lot about the kids. Like mm-hmm. 
oh, man, Stan, I mean, I just like I really wanted to be able to I really wanted to be able to have the kids be on graduation day and be like, oh, there's mom and dad up together, you know, and they're together and not be like, oh, there's dad and his super sexy 22 year old wife and then mom with that idiot, uh, <laughs> which is what it's going to be. Of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's you feel like a failure. It's it's more about my kids than like, oh, I want it. Let's give it another shot. Mm-hmm. It is. It's just the, it's just knowing the kids will have that. Experience. But they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They live in California. If, and it's, I mean, it sounds like you guys both love them. That's the most important thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much. Did yeah. you guys try counseling? We did. Yeah. How was that? Uh, pretty useless. I mean, I my my, my ex wife. I'll call her my ex wife. Okay. She had been trying to get us to go to counseling for a long time, and I was. I'm. She's like a psych major, mm-hmm. and I'm. I'm much more like that entire branch of shit is useless, which I don't think is. I'm not as hard and fast about that anymore. I think it's. Very, it can be very helpful, but I also mm-hmm. think like so many people get into it. And there's no end game. Yeah. It's like when is you know you're just in therapy your whole life, finding out more things about yourself. You know, paying a lot of money to somebody to listen to you talk. I mean, I don't know. That I sort of, for me as an artist, if I maybe use that pretentious term, I find that's more my outlet for. Right. Yeah. I think for some people, just talking to someone helps. Yeah. You know, just having a place to put it. You can't discount that. I don't discount that anymore. I used to. Mm -hmm. Right. I used to be with Tom Cruise. I used to be with Team Cruise on that. (laughs) (laughs) Mm hmm. Um, Okay, so let's talk more about the comedy and the music. So you realized you realized San Francisco was over. San Francisco was over. Have, did, and did you know Matt Nathanson? Do you know him? Uh, I know the name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's kind of blowing up now, right? Yeah, he's been blowing up for a while. Actually, yeah. I went to um, college. I went to Pomona. He went to Pitzer. Greg Heller, our mutual friend, yes. also went to Pitzer and yeah. knew him. Um, but yeah, I've known him since then. But yeah, he's sort of. Uh, a bigger deal now. Yeah. And I believe Taylor Swift evidently stole one of his lyrics or something. Oh, really? So, yeah. It was trending on Twitter. That little bitch. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, anyway, San Francisco was over. Uh, you came down here. And, and, and I'd you... always loved L.A. I mean, there's this huge thing in San Francisco, like, anti-L.A. Like, everybody yeah. there is like, L.A. sucks. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I whenever I came here, I was like... I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of cool people here, and they're like, there's so many douchebags. There's so many douchebags everywhere. I mean, at least in LA, you can spot the douchebags. Yeah. I mean, it's the most clearly labeled douchebag population here of anywhere. I mean, you can see them coming from a mile away. There's no mistaking. That's a Hollywood douchebag. Right. I, I mean, you don't have to associate with those people. I mean, what do you think are the biggest douchebag tells? Um, you know, the I mean. To use the clear, like whatever the modern equivalent of what the Ed Hardy shirt was two years ago, you know the the certain haircuts, the mm-hmm. the super expensive looking jeans, right? The making a show of yourself, talking really loud, you know. I don't that Gary, do you know what the modern or the current version of the Ed Hardy shirt is? Uh, you mean like the equivalent? Yeah, or is it still an Ed Hardy? I feel like maybe well, it's Ed still Hardy's, Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy's still great. Affliction. Never, yeah. never really hurts. Tap out. Tap out. <laughs> um, to a lesser extent, Fox Racing uh, gets a little bad out in like the Inland Empire. Huh. But I think Affliction, Affliction and Tap Out are kind of the go-to. I need now. to pay more attention to men's horrible shirts. No, you don't. Okay. You absolutely don't. I agree. Do with they you. all? Do they all look like loud and yeah. like that? Yeah. Okay. Then they're kind of like they're kind of like influenced by tattoo. Ed- it's like it's look like, hey, I'm gonna wear a shirt that looks like I have tattoos. Yeah. I see. I think that all of that I've just assumed was Ed Hardy. 
Yeah, and to an extent it is. For all practical purposes, it is. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So you came down here. You realized you could avoid the douchebags. Yeah, and I had a lot of friends. I'd met a lot of people down here that were really cool. Like I kind of got plugged into this network of really randomly through mutual friends. Just like really cool people when I first moved here. Do, do uh, I know who these people are? Well, one guy in particular is this dude named Zach Selwyn. I know and, the name. And he's an actor and comedian and he, he does a lot of hosting and he's just a great guy. And he's actually the guy I was talking to about earlier where his parents had gotten divorced. Mm. He, uh, he's a Jewish guy who grew up in, a, a, in Arizona, um, basically like on a commune. He's, like, <laughs> like, he's just got this crazy background. And, but was he it like just, a cult? No, it wasn't. It was kind of just like a bunch of Jewish hippies living in Arizona and they were like, let's – and I think for a few years they were like, let's all live together. But and it really worked. They were, it was really they were all they're all still friends. Like all these families are friends. And mm-hmm. He's just a great guy and really kind of welcomed me in and introduced me to a lot of cool people. And um, actually, the first couple comedy music things I ever did was like at, with his encouragement because he's he's a musician himself. And mm-hmm. you know, he's like, let's do some comedy stuff. And we did. I think the first thing we did was this thing called TSA Gangsters, which was like <laughs> this was sort of kind of about when the TSA was the big story about how they were confiscating everything yeah and he was like let's do a, a gangster rap song where we're these badass tsa tsa agents who are just at totally blatant assholes and just taking shit and feeling That's like girls up are, it, yeah sort of and it was and so we did the song and the video is really funny it was like uh belt buckle money clip put it just i can't even remember how it goes now but it was a huge like viral hit when we mm-hmm. did it like and uh it was very funny and uh, we did a few other things together. We did one called My Kid, which was like a uh, sort of a – it was a parody of uh, Mickey Avalon's My Dick. And it was right after we'd first – right after the two of us had first had our first kid. And it was just about how our kid has, huge, has a huge dick, how he's uh, <laughs> just so much better than your kid. It was – it's very – you know, and these – we made videos. And uh-huh. I was like, this is really fun. This is kind of what I want to do if there's a way to make money doing this. Right. And, uh, there's really not that much way to make money doing that. <laughs> so I also started writing and, you know, pursuing like doing TV writing and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's kind of what I'm getting into now. And uh, and now you do songs for Howard Stern. I do, yeah. That is that happened. a paid thing? That is not technically a paid thing, although I do. It's I mean, that's a getting exposure on right, that show is yeah. so huge. And I'm such a fan of the Stern show and I have been for years. I just started sending in – I actually just sent in a song. Mm-hmm. I had an idea. recorded it, parody song, and they played it the next day. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I'm going to yeah. do that again. Did they tell you they were going to? No. No. They just do it. They just play it. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, you know, getting all these, you know, text messages. Dude, right. Howard Stern's talking about you. That's so cool. And, uh, yeah. And so I kind of got in the mix doing that. Now I, I do like one weekend a month. I go do – they do these – they do this thing called the Ronnie Munn Block Party. And mm-hmm. it's like – they do two towns, Pittsburgh and Philly, or like next month we're doing like Orlando and uh, Fort Lauderdale, where we just go and do these crazy comedy shows, and uh, that's a lot of fun. And I'm, Who, who's the we that does that? A bunch of the people from the show, mostly, mm-hmm. and me. That's cool. So you're like part of the family. I'm part of the clan, yeah. Kind like, of. do that now? Do they get in touch and say, "Can you do a parody?" Of they this? do. Yeah, they mm-hmm. kind of commission it, which is cool. And that's I cool. always do that whenever I have time to do it. Yeah. Do How that. long does it take you to do a song? Um, it's pretty quick. I mean, it's it, sometimes I'll be a little bit one with a stumbling block, but I can really crank. Like the other day, the they wanted me to do one. I got an email to Billy Joel's. Billy Joel's a song of Miami 2017, and and they they wrote me they're like, "Hey, can you do a parody of Miami 2017 with these lyrics?" And uh, I had never even heard the song, so I just like put it on Spotify, listened to it like ten times, get it in my head, mm-hmm. got a karaoke track off iTunes. Sang it, 
it took about a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And then they played it the next day and it was like a huge hit. And everybody was, everybody was writing me on Facebook. They're like, that's the funniest thing you've done. And I was like, well, I didn't even write that one. But uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's cool. It's cool to be part. And I'm actually, I'm going to be, I've been on the show once in the mm-hmm. studio and uh, I'm going to go in again on in December. I'm cool. going to go in and do some Christmas songs on there, I think. So. What's he like? When you go in, are you near him or is he in yeah, a different? Yeah. Uh, surprisingly close, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, about as close as I am to you right now. And uh, yeah, he's super cool. I mean, he was super cool. It was so cool. I mean, I don't know. I think for Stern, people who are Stern fans, it's just, he's just like a god. It's just, yeah. It's, he's like the only person in the world, I feel. I mean, I think it's so intimate because you spend so much time listening to him and he's so honest and open about all of his failings and foibles and mm-hmm. weaknesses. And it's just, it's intense, the relationship I think you develop with yeah. him if you're a fan. And, uh, it's just like, you know, the first thing I come in, he's like, how fucking fat are you? What, what do you lose some weight? What's wrong with you? That was you? on the air? That was the first thing he said to me when I walked in the door, like on the air. And I uh-huh. was just like, you know, anybody else would say that. I'd be like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is so awesome. I had Howard <laughs> Stern asking me how, why am I so fat? That's just the yeah. first thing he goes to. Uh, it was great. It was like the best day of my life, you know. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> was, why now why do you think that felt so good? Is it just the the proximity or the acknowledgement? Just that knows, knows well, who the, you are. The, what, what was really cool was because I did a couple songs live and watching him crack up and lose his shit mm-hmm. right in front of me, like watching him like cracking him up right in front of my eyes was the thing cuz mm-hmm. it's just I don't know why. He's just got that thing. He's just an amazing dude. What, and uh good. No, I just I'm just I'm totally gay for him (laughs) it's stern and obama like my two guys that i just think are the greatest well today's a good day then yeah absolutely for people who don't know today's the day after the election right right so hooray yeah hooray although i um i was actually this came up on the adam carolla show i cared more about everything four years ago oh yeah me too maybe because i going into it i knew obama was going to win i mean the idea and i'm sorry for people who don't share my political uh beliefs but the idea of romney winning did chill me to the bone like, really well i see i don't okay two things i don't and i don't know what the second is but uh, <laughs> you'll wing it you'll wing uh, it i'll find it as i go um i don't know that the world would have been that different had romney won you know i'm right. not sure things would have changed that much but the fear that they could have and that you know the thing like women's rights and uh repealing civil liberties and just things uh, civil rights and i mean the the idea of the country going skewing really far right yeah which is basically backwards as far as i'm concerned yeah that's how i feel as well so that is what scared me about that i still am unclear where Romney is. I, don't, I can't tell whether he's truly in his heart more moderate yeah. or not. You know, I yeah. didn't get a sense of that. But Well, I think he's – I mean I think it's pretty clear at his heart he is more moderate. But it's also like that doesn't necessarily mean that once oh, he's right. in office that he's going to govern that way because he's going to do what he needs to do because he's a total political animal. You know, mm-hmm. um, My thing with Romney was – I mean it's really easy to vilify him. But I just – kind of what disturbed me from a lot of people on the left – you know, people that I agree with on a lot of things, but they were really vilifying him as a person. And I just, I never got the vibe that he was like a bad person the way I did with like Cheney yeah, or Sarah right. Palin. Yeah. It's like, he comes off to me like he's a rich guy and he's kind of out of touch, very out of touch, mm-hmm. but he seems like a good person. And it's yeah. like, 
I mean, right? A lot of I just people don't, don't have a bad story. Person. People don't necessarily have stories of him doing horrendous things. Well, they the do other things thing. about the dog That's and the, about it. and the beating and like the the guy with the haircut when he cut the guy's hair. But when he was in oh high school. yeah, but that still that stuff seems so remote and anecdotal right. and like everybody's not Cheney esque. Yeah, right. I mean, he just seems like a good guy. I mean, he seems like a good father and everything. And I just, I don't know. I just didn't want him to win. And mm-hmm. I just, I just really am amazed with Obama because, I mean, uh, he's a black dude. He's got that name. He came from nothing. Mm-hmm. And he triumphed over all that. I mean, he th- – this guy does not get a pass. This guy cannot even flirt with the idea of anything that might be scandalous. He has to be perfect. Yeah. And he has been perfect. And I – as a in his personal behavior, as a, as, a, as a person, as a man, I think he's been he's, – Yes, we haven't heard of any sex scandals There's or nothing. Like I think – and I think he's just a special guy. And I think it's like he's kind of like magic almost. And, you know, even if you don't agree with him on everything, it's like he's almost like the Beatles of magic, politics. Like magical or magic, the sports guy? Uh, like, <laughs> like magic. Hold on, hold magician. on. You have to get the full name if you're going to try to make that joke. Magic Johnson. Okay. It wasn't yeah. even a j- it, it was only semi a joke. No, I thought the exact same thing. Okay, good. I, I, I liked it, but I thought you were trying Irwin. to. Irwin. Irvin. Irvin. That's more than. Yeah, but that's more than you probably thought I knew. Oh, way more. Are you into sports, Eli? Not really. Not really. Then nor am I. <laughs> Someone here is. Gary is. My boyfriend is. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Why don't you come hang out with me and drop that guy while he watches football all day? I feel like that would actually work for all parties involved because he – we live together now. Uh-huh. And so he hasn't been – Saturdays, like he, what he really wants to do is watch football or perhaps – play video games while listening to football or something. I can't, oh, my God. I can't tell if the video game – I can't tell the relationship between the video games and the sports except that they are both things that I think he would like to do, but he feels that it's not fair to me to do them. Even though right. I, I don't – I've said, like, I don't mind. Right. I really don't. I really don't have a problem with that because it's not like – Does he want to do that on Saturday and Sunday or does he have – because Saturday's college football day. Sunday's college NFL. He's more so. into college football. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think that if I were to be like, you know what, I am, I'm at Eli's on Saturday. Yeah. Even though he'd feel weird about it, he'd be like, well, at least I can do these things, you know? <laughs> but then if you were at my place, though, my wife would be there too. So that would be weird. Well, what too. does she like to watch? Um, uh, Real Housewives. Okay. You know what I'm watching now? Uh, the a thing that pe- everyone else watched a long time ago, Sopranos. Oh, really? You're just yeah, getting Yeah, oh, wow, I'm just getting into it. And I'm so happy to have found a new thing to spend all my time watching. Yeah. Because I also just caught up on Breaking Bad. But now that, I, you know, now that I'm all caught up, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with my eyeballs? Uh, right. <laughs> Sopranos is <laughs> They need to be trained so on good. something. I know. So it really is. I don't know why I didn't watch it originally. I, I don't. I somehow it was like that thing where I kind of missed the boat with it, and then it was just too once hard it's gone, to, yeah, yeah, catch up. And it's a lot easier now with shows to catch up. Like it's the, with right. the Netflix era and everything. It's like it's just oh, I'll just shows become much more like movies. We'll just I'll just watch that whole season in a yes. weekend. I like watching it that way. Yeah, me too. Um, I was going going to ask you, what do you think of Robin? Because she's kind of the um, the parallel me on the Adam Carolla show. Yeah. Well, her boobs are much bigger than yours. Yeah. I know that we don't look the same. You don't look the same. No, I have a different vibe. I think she's amazing. I mean, I think she's the perfect foil for him. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I mean, if you want to look at it from a crass point of view, like a lot of people say, oh, yeah, he brought in a black woman so he can say stuff about black people and and women and she can laugh and make it okay. 
I think early on that was when he was much more controversial and he said much more raunchy stuff. Yeah. That was more the case. Do you uh, think there's any truth to that? I think to an extent. I mm. mean, in the early days, it did help him a lot. But mm. at the same time, I think they're kind of kindred spirits. And uh, I think she's amazingly talented and, uh, you know, very brilliant in her own right. And um, it's just great that they found each other. I could I could do a whole podcast on how great the Howard Stern show is. I really could. But uh, is there anyone there you don't? You're probably not going to answer that. Who that I don't like? Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a. I mean, there's people on the show that are like re- show regulars who like. Uh, there's a guy Scott DePace who is like the the, uh, the token conservative. He's one of the. He's one of the engineer guys, you know. Mm-hmm. But they around elections they'll have him on all the time because he's the. He's the one that they can say, what do you think? And then they can just shit all over everything he says. Uh, he's like, you know, it's like the guy you love to hate. Right. You know, kind of the like the Republic, like the conservative Republican person on Bill Maher. Exactly. Exactly. But probably with, although they. Bill Maher, Bill Maher always has conservatives on who were, who were kind of in on the joke. They're like, they're willing to, mm-hmm. they're kind of willing. It's kind of like that on, when they had that Hannity and Combs, like that Combs guy on. on yes. Uh, like he was such I was a little on that show wimp. Once. Oh, were you really? Yeah, I was. Because I used to do Red Eye. Do yeah. You know Red Eye? I do. I've been on it before. Oh, I'm actually have. doing it again in December. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, tell I love them I say show. hi. Yeah. I used to do that a lot when I lived in New York. And then, um, you know, it's such, it's Fox and, well, I guess any news place is small enough that, like, if you do well on one show, then other producers are like, oh, why don't you come on our yeah, show? Oh, that's on our cool. Show, yeah, on our yeah. Show. So, yeah, I did Hannity and Combs. I'm trying to read. Oh, it was right when Alec Baldwin, that voicemail, had come out oh, where yeah. he had you called. Pig. Yes. <laughs> so I think we were talking about that. Yeah, they would bring me on to talk about, like, entertainment stories, yeah. but they always make everything political. But, yeah, I always felt bad for Combs because yeah. it's like, you are... Like it's like Hannity's eighty percent of this, and you're twenty percent. Yeah, you just don't even know on. what I'm referring. He's yes, the toilet exactly. of the show. He's just yeah, and he's and he's a he's a weird looking dude. Yes, you know, <laughs> but he's got this trophy wife. Does he? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. You she, get when I he... think she's older, but I just remember watching. I saw them walking around the village, um, and he looks like nipped and tucked within an inch of his life. <laughs> he had on sunglasses, and he was with this like leggy, tall blonde. Wow, good for Combs. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Combs. Yeah, what is he doing now? I wonder. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I think he has he has like a radio a radio show or something. Okay. He did something. Well, he's doing him. fine. I'm sure he's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you're you're doing songs for Howard Stern. Yeah, and then you also. Were or are working for Jimmy Kimmel? Well, yeah, I uh, I applied. They asked me to submit. They had a writing position opening mm-hmm. up. They asked me to submit. I I did a packet that I think was pretty great. They thought it was pretty great too. They had me in for uh, you know I was one of the finalists. Um, I didn't get the job, but they kept telling me. They said uh, we're going to try to work something out. So who just did get sit it? tight. Do I don't you know? know who got it. I don't know who got it. I don't know which person in particular got mm-hmm. it. Um, but they said, we're going to try to work something out. And what ended up happening was they were like, we're going to bring you in for, they said, we're going to bring you in for a trial period to write the integrations on the show. The integrations are like the 60 to 90 second comedy. They're comedy sketches essentially, but they're ads. They're basically mm-hmm. ads. It's like product placement. We're going to bring you in to write these. And if things go well, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I was kind of under the impression that like, I was so arrogant. I was like, I'm going to kill this. They're going to, they're going to hire me right away. Um, so I started working there, and I think it was going pretty good. Uh, then all of a sudden, one day they're like, "Okay, the trial period's over. Thanks, you're great." And I was like, "Wait a minute! I thought this. Yeah. This in my head, this ends with you offering me the job." Um, I sort of found out from what I can deduce that uh, they uh, they really had no intention of hiring me at the time. Mm-mm. But 
they I was sort of filling in for somebody who was on maternity leave or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I hate when they don't tell you that. Yeah. Unless I, mean, I know I found that's very common. In which case, hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they were great there. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've kind of let me know, like, hey, at some point we might be able to bring you back in. You know, I, I just don't think – I think essentially they're not hiring right now is yeah. what it is. But, uh, you know, this I'm sort of new to the TV writing game. Um I think my strength really lies in like monologue jokes and mm-hmm. if, if I think if I was doing that and there rather than writing these sort of sketches, I think I would probably right. be better. Right. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. It was a great experience. I mean it was – it's a great credit to be able to say, wow, I worked on this yeah. this show, you know. Is it fun over there? Yeah, it's great. I, I've never been over there um, but – you know, I I know some of the people over there just because of course the yeah. crossover with Adam Carolla. Yeah, no, I mean everybody's super friendly. It's a real fam. I mean, obviously Jimmy Kimmel's a super family oriented guy, and I think that extends to not just his family, but I think a lot of the people who work there. It's very community driven, and I was actually working more in the uh, because of the nature of what I was doing. I was working kind of like in the advertising department because rather than the writing staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually sharing an, August, uh, sharing an office with Mike August. Oh, we know him of well. Of course, yeah. <laughs> How's that? Well, th- that was great. I mean, Mike was just basically uh, doing business on behalf of the Adam Carolla show most of the day. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he, he was, I got to know him. He was a great guy. Uh, and uh, no, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I would love to work there. Because mm-hmm. I need money, yo. Come on, Jimmy. Cut me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yo, now is that yo, yo, or is that yo, you know? Uh it could be either, right? Uh, I, I think it was, you know. I think it was, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that's the only way I'm going to use it right. from now on. Okay. Great. You know, and- MTV raps. <laughs> um, how did you start working with Ellen? That was just a, that you know, it was a, it was a freelance thing, one that went off thing. Yeah, I just know a lot of people. They know mm-hmm. they know who to call when they need something done right. They call me. But do you- and I work cheap. Do you have um, an agent who's putting you in touch with these people, I or don't. is it really I need just an a agent. network? I you just I, networking. I just know. I just the the Jimmy Kimmel job was just through Twitter because uh, Molly, Jimmy's fiance, who right. also happens to be the head writer, was the head writer before they became a thing. Of course, mm-hmm. um, followed me on Twitter and just thought it was funny. So that's so great. Yeah, it's great. That's I, how mean, you, I mean, that's how you got on this podcast, which is also quite a feather in your cap. This is huge. Twitter's this is, I'm actually changing my Twitter bio as soon as this is done. Oh, this is perfect. Going Excellent. But uh, yeah, Twitter's amazing. I mean, you, there's a lot of people out there who don't really get it yet. Mm. But it's just, I mean, if it's just a great way to, get, if you're good, to get out there. And I mean, I would be nowhere without Twitter as as far as in the comedy world. You know, I mean, everything everything I've got going has been through mm. through people following me on Twitter, you know? Yeah. And is it more Twitter than knowing people in real life? Well, you know, I think at this point it kind of blends together because you get to know people on Twitter really well and then you meet them in person and you kind of already know each other and you become mm-hmm. friends. That It's much easier to be, like, skip the, hi, how are you? you right, know? right. You just cut right to, hey, we we know each other. We know each other's sense of humor. We know each other's sensibilities. We we give each other shit on Twitter for fun, you know, and at replies and whatever. Uh, but yeah, I've met so many people that I'm – friends with now mm-hmm. like people that like really good friends with through twitter it's crazy andy levy on red eye, red eye i know know him through twitter he's like i'm coming to new york he's like why don't you come on red eye i'm like sure and then i found it and i was like how much does it pay and he's like it doesn't pay anything oh, yeah, a news no. show and i'm like fuck <laughs> yeah yeah if only if only that paid um i'm, I'm really money driven right now i don't just because you know the divorce and everything and like i'm mm-hmm. unemployed right now it's like I'm just really thinking about everything in terms of how can I get paid? This this podcast pays, right? Oh, yeah. In, it pays in Coke Zero? 
Yes. <laughs> Free can of Coke Zero. Congratulations. Thank you. The, uh, you'll need to declare that on your taxes. That, <laughs> that free Coke Zero, the aptly named Coke Zero. Yeah, I don't want to waste a lot of time talking about this, but for just a second, isn't Coke Zero so much better than Diet Coke? Um, I I go back if it depends on what really? mood I'm in. I mean, yeah, Coke, buy Coke. Coke Zero tastes more like Coke, mm-hmm. but Diet Coke has a specific taste that sometimes over ice yeah. with a plate of Indian food. I don't know. There's something about that. They, really? So yeah. you're at an Indian restaurant. You'd rather have Diet Coke? I think so. Yeah. Well, it's good that you can have both. I can't. We we live in America. Even even in Obama's socialist America, we still have a choice. (laughs) Right. Even in a socialist country run by a Kenyan, we can still drink. We still have our choice of two versions of Diet Coke. Yeah. Um, So you sent over a song, right? I did. What's the story with that one? Well, this is actually the song I mentioned earlier about the uh, my kid that I wrote with mm-hmm. my buddy Zach Selwyn. I did a sort of uh, I, I wanted to start playing it live in my live performances, but that was a rap. So I was like, I have to make it into a real song, and so I kind of made it into kind of like a Bill Withers funky kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's one that I kind of I'm proud of. I think it's pretty cool. Should we? Uh, listen to it, or should we have you play something? Or I mean, we should do both, but I'm just trying to figure Maybe out. Maybe we should we listen should. to that. Let's listen to it. Yeah. Okay. I haven't heard it in a while. This part isn't funny. I'll be the judge of that. Okay. You're smiling. It looks like Gary is DJing right now. <laughs> Paris, Paris Hilton's in there with him. <laughs> My kid is the playground king. Your kid is a ding-a-ling. Is this My you singing? Yeah. Like silk. Your kid choke on milk. My kid, he pushed himself in his stroller. Your kid diagnosed bipolar. My kid steps on his own dick. Your kid hung like a candle wick. My kid walk is six months old. Your kid wear clothes good, well sold. My kid like a tripod your kid got creed on his ipod my kid straight a's your kid shit for brains my kid sippy cup is full of white russian your kid use a pre-slap as a cushion it's time that we let the world know do you get goofy like elmo my kid is the best at the daycare rockstar do all your kid rock the lame hair it's time that we let the world know kid cried like a bitch when he was born. My kid, potty trained in month four. Your kid still taking dumps on the flower. My kid eat meat that's lean. Your kid vegan need protein. My kid, Wolfgang Van Halen. Your kid, Bristol Palin. My kid got blown by Hannah Montana. Your kid got brought cold from Santa. It's time that we let the world know.
Thumbs up. I like that. Yeah. Now, how did your uh, ex feel about that? Singing about your kids dingling um, and whatnot. You know, I think maybe she was not crazy about all that, but uh, anytime she would ever say, "What? What's up with this?" I would be like, "Well, look at you know, look Adam Sandler, you know." And she's like, "Adam Sandler's a multimillionaire. Don't even for one second compare what you know." Because I think Adam Sandler sort of comparably has done some, uh, you know, humor along those lines, right. and um, I don't know. I just the na- it's the nature of what you do. I mean, it's like you gotta, you can't. Not do something because it might offend somebody mm-hmm. in your. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't what, really know what, what I'm saying. She, right what now. does she do? Um, she owns her own business, uh, importing picture frames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was she supportive of of the change from you know rocking to comedy? Yeah, I mean, there's that was that was really not working so well, and the comedy seemed to be taking off. I mean, she's always been super supportive. I mean, we have a good. We'll always be good friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a good supportive relationship with each other. We really do. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, people grow apart. Is that what it was? For the answer to this and other exciting questions, don't forget to download the second part of my um, my interview, my episode with Eli Braden, which will be available on Thursday morning. So tie a string on your finger and write it on your hand. Do both on both hands. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen show. Digital.